Welcome to the show. Welcome to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. It's been a few weeks. That feels kind of weird to say, but I'm still saying it anyway. Are we recording? We are recording. We are recording. Good. We are recording. John, who are you? <laughs> who am I? I'm John. And who are you? I'm Dylan. Hey. At least I think I am. This master's has thrown me into an existential <laughs> crisis where I don't know who I am anymore. Welcome, everybody, to our... It's been a while since we've done this, so we're just getting back into yeah. the swing. But uh, welcome. How you been doing? Um, surviving, surviving. We're mostly done with all our work. We our, are. Our coursework, so that's good. And uh, yeah, so if you guys, you should go back and check out the previous episodes. Yes, we are still figuring out how to get this distributed um, beyond the SoundCloud realm, but that'll basically take a pot of coffee and maybe an hour of yeah Googling. Googling. Giving it Googs. So we are... Back with one of our... Okay, so we're going to try a new thing this week, guys. We're going to try, hopefully, a new weekly segment called Lick of the Week. And how this is going to be is each week, one of us is going to present a lick that we think is just freaking cool. And the other one is going to react. So... I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I, can't I know. Wait. Dylan gets to go first. I I'm get like, to go Ooh. first. This is, this is very exciting for me. So uh, I'm going to play a lick for John, and we're going to play it for you guys over. And then we're going to get his reaction. Okay, so... This is my lick of the week. I'm not going to say who it is. You know who it is. Mm. But the audience. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's mental. It is. That is of Megalodon um, by Mastodon, which is oh, um, yeah. their album Leviathan, which is basically, if you don't know, John, is their Moby Dick-themed album. Oh, see, yes. I did not know that. No, it's all based on Herman oh. Melville's Moby See, now Dick. I have to go back and listen to it again. It's freaking cool. That album has so many different things going on. It's my, it's my favorite Mastodon album that they've made. I think they're on their sixth or seventh album. But that track in particular, I remember hearing that, because you heard the before and after. It's yeah. basically kind of like standard raw, raw, cookie monster rock. <laughs> But then that, that but then that just comes out of nowhere. It's uh, Brent Hines, I think, is the guitar player. Right. And he, I, I remember hearing him in an interview talk about it, and he was just talking about, yeah, we didn't know what was going on there. I had to do something. So he pulls out that chicken licking. It, it's amazing. It's rock. completely out of context. It completely is. And, and it's brilliant. It's so good. I, think I love it. I, I love, as we've talked before about my love of John 5, I love the melding of country and metal, and I think that does it really, really well. And you can tell he's doing it on some ridiculous spiky guitar, like a flying V or something like that. <laughs> Chicken picking on a flying V. That is... It can be done. It is ridiculous. Friends, it's time for Pedal Talk. Ooh, Pedal Talk. And what have we on the docket today? Well, we've done a lot of things already. We've done maybe... This is our eighth episode, I believe, and mm, we are... That's what the numbers say. That's what the numbers say. That's what the Google Doc says. <laughs> uh, and now we feel it's time, friends, to trench into the world of delay. Oh, the swim, swimming, swimmy, swirly, echoey... Cloudness. <laughs> I have, like, I have, I no, I have no, no more. I'm, I was going to let of, you keep going with yeah, that. Where but you know, it's a sort of, I don't know, delay sort of lifts you on a cloud of tone and it floats does. you out into oblivion. The audience. Man, you I are just, that's, you that's are painting dark. with words is, today, my friend. Yeah. Uh, delay. There's so many <laughs> different uses for it. There's so many different uh, examples of great uses of delay. Uh, John, in your mind, when I say the word delay effect on a guitar, what comes to your mind? 
Um, space, like huge amounts of space, cavernous. The final we, frontier. Yeah. Uh, any musical examples? I think everyone, the first thing they're going to probably pull to is going to be like the, the edge. edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have like a bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the edge born Dave Evans. Uh, yeah. Who I think, what was it he used? Was it like a music man or something? Uh, the like memory that? man. Memory man. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and the first big use I think was... Was it the Joshua Tree? Unforgettable Fire. Unforgettable Fire. And yeah. That was it. Classic album, really. You know, I am I used to be a huge U2 fan. We'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, but I think I think the Unforgettable Fire has a lot of looked over tracks. Cool. Uh, Give us an example off the top of your head. Um, Put me on the spot today. The a Sort of Homecoming is probably cool. a, a good one. I need to, to go back and listen to that. I've... My, I love 80s U2, but I pretty much just know the hits. But like, they're all yeah. pretty much drenched in that delay. Yeah, bad <laughs> off of Joshua Tree would be a really good Excellent example. Excellent example. Where yeah. at the end of that song, and it just goes mental, and it's like you're you're in some sort of echo chamber, and the edge is just like running around you with the guitar. Perfect. It's mental. So now we're going to talk about, because we're going to do maybe we spread this over a couple of episodes, we're going to talk about it. Because there's a lot to talk there's about. There's a lot of delay. It's, it's a whole new world. Aladdin, 1991. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about an intro to Some delay. So, John, you were going to talk us about different types of delay, what are they used for, maybe examples. Kick us off, Sensei. Okay, so um, basically there's three main types of delay. You've got uh, your tape delay, which is probably the oldest. It's usually the most expensive these days. It's mm-hmm. what all the real hipsters want to get their hands on. Are these it's, old like, it's like the vinyl of delays. Yeah. The warmth, man. It, oh, it is, yeah. And and there, to be fair, there is a lot of warmth in the tape. Um, there's a lot of unpredictability in the tape, which makes it like great for some really crazy shoegazer stuff. So, cool. And why is it called tape? Because it actually uses magnetic tape. Ah, so you it has it has a reel of tape in it, and what it does is it records the lick on one head, and then as it goes across, uh, it'll it'll kind of keep that going through another playback head, or maybe two or three, depending upon the settings and how the thing works. But unfortunately, they're big, they're clunky, they're expensive. You do have to replace the tape on them. Um, some people in the studio though will use them, and they'll purposely kind of like garble up the tape or crunch it up, and it just makes like some really crazy sounds. Um, but they're expensive. They're hard to manage. Um, and so typically people don't use them for live yeah. stuff anymore because you don't have to. Um, so that brings us maybe to the next type. Yeah, so the analog delays. Um, and an analog comes from very early analog signal processors. Right. Um, that's essentially, it's, it's still like a semiconductor, but what they would do is it's, it's what's called a bucket brigade. Uh, chain signal. So if you're familiar with the idea of like a, a bucket brigade, like to put out a fire, right? Ah, uh, okay, right. Yeah. I, so it's like you pass no a bucket of water, uh, you know, down the line, mm-hmm. or essentially you take one bucket and you fill up another bucket, and that person fills up another bucket, and you go down the line. And they tell two friends, and yeah. they tell two friends. Exactly. You, uh, so it's the same thing with this type of processor. So it takes the signal. And then it passes it down and passes it down and passes it down. And then what the, the delay setting does is it just holds that signal a little bit longer or shorter, depending upon what you want it to do. Okay. So that's a traditional analog delay. And so an example of that would be like the MXR carbon copy, ah, um, yeah. the, the famous electroharmonics memory man, you know, the, the edge used, and we were just talking about that. Cool. Um, that's an example of those. So lastly, you've got the digital which is all microprocessor. So yeah. it's, you take the signal um, and 
you just you process it through and usually it's going to be something like your boss dd series so they're currently on seven um i got me the six man nice i I really like it Uh, and there's there's a ton of versatility out there there's uh there's a couple of videos out there on YouTube that you can see all the extra things, kind of all the hidden features. Yeah. Of the, the time of, warps and the everything is crazy. Yeah. So you can play forever with one of those. Um, or maybe like the TC Electronics Nova series. Even Tide's okay, got a really good one as well. And of course, everybody's favorite right now, the Strymon. Strymon, so, yes. Of course, the, uh, the timeline on that, which can do just about anything. Now, a lot of these, like the Eventide, the TC, uh, and the Strymon, all can model, to a certain extent, tape and analog delays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it kind of begs the question at this point in time, is it worth having a tape delay ever for any reason, unless you're purposefully doing something to the tape? The warmth, John. The warmth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Anyway, that's kind of basic overview. Like like you said, we'll get more into how to use it, what you can do with it. Cool. Examples, players. Next week's episode. Yeah, exactly. Unreal. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, my friends. Keep watching. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> so now we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, John, you got in contact with one of your old guitar professors. We have joining us Dr. Colin McAllister. Uh, he's the director of the music program at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. He's one of the preeminent modern guitar players in the United States. Uh, he just released a course with the great courses on learning guitar. Uh, definitely worth checking it out. We've got him here today to kind of talk a little bit about the course, how it's structured, and how he practices and how he recommends practicing. So Colin, welcome to the show. Hey John, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, tell us a little bit about your course. Tell us how it's organized, what you got in there, and uh, why we should take it. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, it's produced by a company called The Great Courses. They're out of Virginia. And they do courses on all kinds of things. Primarily, they used to do academic subjects, and now they've branched off into doing more how-to courses. Okay, So this is the first ever how to play a musical instrument course. It's called Learning to Play Guitar, Chords, Scales, and Solos. It's a course designed for beginners, so you don't have to know anything about the guitar or anything about music for that matter. Mm -hmm. And I take them through 24 lessons. They're about 30 to 35 minutes each. And we cover all kinds of things. It's organized basically in five different modules for each lesson. So the first module addresses technique. The second one is on note reading and musicality. The third one is chords. The fourth module is on scales and improvisation. And then for the fifth, Uh, What I did is I wrote an original tune for each lesson that incorporates the aspects that we've been working on during the lesson. So let's say if if a lesson uses hammer-ons and we learn the Dorian scale and we learn the voicing for a minor seven chord, well, the song at the end is going to put those things into practice. So it's kind of fun because the students right away get to apply what they've been working on. Excellent. Excellent. So it has, uh, like you said, it's got 24 of them. 
Um, but I'm, I'm seeing here, I'm looking at it and they're like, there's all kinds of things. So not, it's not, you said it's for beginners, but it's not just for beginners. I mean, there's things in here like flamenco technique and, um, not to be confused with flamingo, but flamenco, um, we've, you know, jazz harmony, altered tunings. Like there's, it's not just for beginners, right? I mean, there's something well, for everybody yeah, kind of here. I mean, it, uh, you you can certainly take it as a beginner because it starts from the very beginning with which the names of the strings are and what right. are the are and all of that. Right. But I think there's stuff in there for most folks who are at an intermediate level because you can go through and pick and choose the things that maybe you don't know as well. Let's say that there's somebody who uh, has only been playing classical guitar and they're great at that. Well, probably they can skip the the segments on note reading because they already know it, but maybe they do sure. want to go to the segments where I talk about accompanying using a pick and improvising over uh, using modal scales and that kind of thing. Okay, excellent, excellent. And um, I mean, it's got 24 lessons. It's available as a video download. It looks like, I mean, even even if you're not catching it on, a, on one of their discount days, it's it comes out to less than $10 a lesson, right? Oh yeah, and if you and they always rotate their courses that are on sale. So when it's on sale, it's seventy dollars, which is less than I charge for one hour, right? So oh my gosh! So I'm telling all of my students, anybody who comes to me for guitar lessons from this point forward, I'll tell them, hey, take this course first get your money's worth out of it and then come and see me because otherwise I'm going to end up teaching you basically the same things that are in this book <laughs> and I'm going to charge you a lot more money for it. So don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to turn that around on you and sort of plug your, your normal teaching schedule for you. Um, the, now one of the things we've talked about here on the podcast has been essentially one of the, to get yourself out of a rut, take a lesson. Uh, and part of that is, is it, we find it helps to sort of keep us motivated. I mean, would you sort of agree with that? Like something like this could also be a really good supplement to a regular lesson as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not trying to take regular uh, human interaction out of the equation. That's certainly really important. And uh, yeah, this could be a great supplement to somebody who's taking lessons that just wants some extra material to work on, extra tunes to learn, a different point of view, right? Every teacher approaches a certain aspect of guitar playing a little differently. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's nice to get a, a second point of view. And some of the reviews that have come out on the course, people have been saying just that. Like, oh, I've been taking lessons for a while, but this is a great um, addition to what I'm already doing. Excellent. Okay. So I'm curious too, you mentioned somewhere, I think in, in your social media about this, that you kind of took this approach from CrossFit. Can you explain a little bit more about how you see practicing and maybe this CrossFit routine, how the two kind of overlap? Um, and then whether it's in the design of your course or even your day-to-day -day practice, what does that look like for you? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love those kinds of uh, fitness things where you go and you move quickly through some kind of routine, like a, a Orange Theory, for instance, or right. where they have somebody that's you know you do something for three or four minutes and then you move on to something else and you get keeps you really from getting bored. <laughs> yeah, and you 
get a really intense workout in a short amount of time. So, so I, I like to, to approach practicing that same way uh, because I think it, it keeps us really fresh when we practice that way. And it's, it's ultimately more efficient. And of course, the, the more we get involved with life, the longer, say, you're out of school. Right. Uh, you know, when you're in school, when I was in graduate school, I had the luxury of practicing six hours a day. I just, that was part of the time that I have. Oh, man. Of course, don't have that anymore. And so sure. now I'm, I myself need to be more efficient in how I approach practicing if I want to get anything done. So, um, yeah, so that's the, the course is structured in a, in a similar way to how I approach uh, my own practicing on the instrument. Okay, so you would typically, um, you, you might start with warm-ups or something like that, or technical exercises. Um, yeah, so for me, yeah, what I, I always start with technique every day. Um, I do a, a good warm-up, and then I, I look at what it is that I need to accomplish in my own practicing, and usually that involves preparing for performances. Right. Um, and then I, I organize my time into blocks, say 30 or 45 minute blocks, and I go from there. Why 30 or 45 minutes? Well, for me, I find that that's as, about as long as I can maintain really high concentration. Right. Well, I think most after, of the research. After, four, after 45 minutes, I want to get up and stretch a little bit or what have you. I think that's a good idea, particularly because playing guitar is so bad for your posture. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, especially if you're playing in a classical position where you've got your leg up and you're sitting really straight. Um, right. I think you, you need to stretch out and take a break. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of research out there, too, that suggests like 30 to 45 minutes is about the max that you can have a, a really focused uh, and productive work session. So. Mm -hmm. Now, do you try to block out your practice then? Is it all at once or does it end up sort of uh, throughout the day? Like maybe you get a little bit in after lunch or you get a little bit in before bed or is it all in one go for you? Yeah, that's, you know, it, it really kind of depends on the day. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on what I have, what, what I need to do, let's say at the university. I mean, if I have teaching or meetings that are earlier in the morning, well, maybe I get some of my practice done in the morning and and then some later. Uh, if I don't have to go in until noon, well, then I'll usually <laughs> all of my practicing in the morning. So it really, it really depends. I think it's, I had a, a very fine teacher in graduate school who told me that the best was to practice three times a day if you could. You know, mm -hmm. to divide your, so I think it's really good, if possible, to divide it up. But I think everybody's day is different, and you have to, you have to adjust for that. Yeah, so flexibility is actually really part of it. Um, yeah. Now, would you normally sort of schedule the night before or maybe wake up that morning and go, okay, this is what I need to do. You write it out. Do you, do you sort of keep a log of what you are working on or how things are going, or is it all sort of mental for you? I used to be really diligent about keeping written logs of what I was practicing, um, and, and that was very effective. I think now I, I don't keep records but i definitely each day i jot down what my practice goal is for the day even just mm, to develop like say if i have two yeah. hours to practice i'll jot that down just before i start practicing so that i know uh to stay on track and i use an alarm 
So if I'm, if I'm working in 40 minute, 45 minute blocks, I'll set the alarm on my phone for 45 minutes so that I can just work and work and then the alarm goes off and then I switch mm -hmm. to something else. I like it. So some big features then you've got, you're, you're breaking up your practice accordingly. Um, 30, 40 minute chunks so that you stay focused. You have a goal when you start practicing. Um, and I think these are all things like personally, I learned a lot of this from you. So, mm. uh, but we're kind of out here sort of sharing it with the rest of the universe. Um, and, uh, but that's for me, that was really instrumental uh, talking to you about some of these things. So definitely appreciate that. Um, anyway, the, uh, the course then, um, is, as you said, it's, it's available then on thegreatcourses.com. And where can we find a little bit more about what you're working on, uh, what you're doing? Like, where can we get updates for you? Sure. I think the best is just to go to my website, which is just uh, colinmcallister.com. Okay. Easy enough. Um, and that's M-C-A-L-L-I-S-T-E-R, correct? That's right. And one yeah. L in Colin. Right. That's the number of L's is super important there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Colin, it's been a real pleasure uh, having you on the show today. Um, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you soon. Good luck with the great courses and uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good, John. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, not a problem. That was a really, really cool interview. Uh, fair play for, for getting in touch. And <clears throat> thank you very much, Colin, for, for helping us out with this. I really like the idea of his, the whole keeping a log idea. Yeah. My whole <laughs> log idea, I have one and it's just, it's on my desk at home. And it's just looking at me in the face. Yeah, and yours is right in front of you. I've, I've got it right here. Son Even of a today, gun. Uh, I just have not had the time, but I'm really looking forward to because I'm moving house right now and got gigs and everything. It's kind of hard to structure. But next Tuesday, I'm gonna get my log. I'm gonna make my goals, and nice. you're gonna call me and you're gonna make sure that I did it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And you, you need to do the same to me. Yeah. So accountability buddies. I like the term. Absolutely. Guitar accountability buddies. Um, we'll, we'll find get, a way to get to, to get to bill a butt. Get, um, I can't even say it. Neither can I. <laughs> now we're so gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to uh, our famous segment. What we been working on. So John, you can kick us yeah. off. What you been okay? On. So in the middle of all this craziness, working on uh, papers and thesis and all that fun stuff, uh, I was listening back to this old Dream Theater record. Uh, Change of Seasons, so which came out in 1995 or something to that effect. About 11 minutes in or something, there's this like bizarre jazz breakdown, like they do, and yeah, <laughs> and um, but there's this lick that really caught my ear, and I was like, okay, what is that? It sounds like something else. And I went back and I found a lick from a Toto album in 1999. Yes, Toto was still making records in 1999. God, that's bleak. <laughs> and, um, and their song, A Better World, and I was like, these sound exactly the same. And it's something that actually had bugged me, you know, about 10 years ago, and I never did anything with it. So this week I sat down and was like, all right, what is this? I'm going to figure this out finally. Um, so I learned both licks and then kind of compared and contrasted. And they're mostly different, but there is this like one section, this one phrase, it's, it's about a bar that is the same. It's just an octave apart. And I was like, okay. So I felt mildly justified that my ear was not wow. <laughs> not messing with me. That but is so nerdy. Yeah. Sorry, God. White and nerdy. 
that's me. Really is. Yeah. So that's that's what that's what you've been working <laughs> so on. So that's that's what I worked on this week. Sounds but, good, man. But it, you know, Steve Lucas here, like, and John Petrucci, like, I think that's that's a good week's work. I'd yeah, say. absolutely. God, you're, you're putting me to shame. Um, John, I sat down. I haven't really been learning because I've been gigging and playing my own music and playing music for Stephen Sharp. I haven't been. I've been basically kind of relearning my own stuff, which we talked about before. Right. How'd the gig go, by the way? Gig went really well. Thank Excellent. you very much. Thank you for the RC booster pedal. Absolutely. Beautiful pedal, everybody. Uh, Exotic effects. If you're listening. Yes. Sponsor us. Yeah. We'll, Keep up the good we'll, work. We'll try out more of your pedals. Absolutely. No, I really, really liked it. I got a lot of. Uh, uh, hell ton of compliments sweet i wanted to swear there but i didn't yeah Uh, and discipline uh and uh, afterwards and so basically what i was what i've been working on for the last week was basically trying to get the best possible tone out of the pedals Mm. that i had that's that's a huge huge amount of effort yeah just just basically changing the signal path and figuring out what pedals because i was basically working with the blues driver uh my dd6 like i said the rc booster and uh, an equalizer pedal so trying to figure out what i was using for what songs so basically sitting down and spending some time and it felt great felt really really good good. good. uh you know making notes about what sounded good for where and i found myself actually using my um for a lot of the songs just locking in with the drummer and using that for the tap tempo on my delay oh yeah i found it was great i found it like just for little things it's such a cool feature on the dd6 absolutely being able to do that I remember watching a guitar player that I used to play with when we used to play <laughs> with or without you, and <laughs> him using uh, him using it so well, just yeah. the tapping along with the drummer, so cool. Yeah. So that's basically what I've been working on. And what what have you been listening to, John? Oh, you're you're gonna go ahead and skip that. I was gonna get you to plug the album a little bit more. <laughs> ah, yes, Stephen Sharp and the Broke Straight Boys. Shut up, Dylan. Uh, the guitar took me so long to put down. Twenty-seven takes, and that was the best one. Uh, yeah, it's now available <laughs> on Spotify and online. Just type it in. Don't type in Broke Straight Boys by itself because something different is going to come up, perhaps an illicit <laughs> website. Uh, you've been warned. Um, anyway, yes, what have we been listening to? Yeah, what have you been so, listening to? So, uh, well, because of the Dream Theater and the Toto. Mine. Yeah, I, I actually went back and listened to that Toto album from 1999. Um, it's called Minefields. Um, and actually, there's Dear God. Mind with an N-D as opposed to an N-E. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's there's some great musicianship on there. So I'm going to go ahead and plug that album. Uh, you know, the thing is about Toto that most people don't realize is like, <laughs> these, these guys are <laughs> studio musicians, right? So... Like, they're, they are actually really great musicians. Now, that said, not everyone's going to like their music all right and you know i mean most of the time i'm on here plugging things like animals as leaders and periphery and yeah loud annoying shred music so you know it's a little little divergence i suppose yeah but okay. anyway yeah i'd say give it a run through have a listen have a laugh <laughs> I, I i will definitely check that out because uh, but there are there are some solos in there that will melt your face yeah because i mean so, even just going back that whole the line solo i'll never it's one of my favorite guitar solos ever because it just comes out of nowhere and it's yeah it's not so much self-indulgent it is a little bit but yeah. it's it's just it's it's what the song needs at that kind of that pace that six eight beat yeah it's really well or or go listen to like anything off of four like rosanna for example yeah that's actually a wicked solo like, oh yeah you can laugh all you want about the song but it's it's wicked solo. that drum beat as well yeah 
the right. shuffle. Ah, oh, yeah, that's true. the classic shuffle, man. Cool, anyway, cool, cool. I, I have been. I'm going to music festival uh, in the first week in June, and uh, I basically have made myself a playlist of all the bands playing. Now it's not a lot of guitar music, uh, but there is some. I found this band called uh, Triptych. Uh, who basically make dance music, but with real instruments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool. And uh, I've been getting back into Against Me, who are one of my favorite kind of oh, newer cool. punk bands. Uh, nothing like really simple rock music, but yeah. I've been trying to see them for years, and I'm really looking forward to that. Also, uh, Bonnie Vera playing, so I'm really oh. looking forward to seeing what kind of that kind of stage show is going to consist yeah, of. Yeah, especially with the last album. Yeah. There's a lot more going on. Mental, yeah. mental stuff. So that's basically what I've been listening to. I've made myself a playlist. I want to be that guy at Sounds. the front that knows every song by every band, <laughs> but liked them before they were cool. Oh, you're so hipster. That's why I love you, buddy. <laughs> you're the nerd. I'm the hipster. It's a dynamic that works. <laughs> that's us high-fiving. Uh, but really, it was just me high-fiving myself. Friends, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah, I think that's it. John? Stay sharp. Dylan? <laughs> oh, God. Stay sharp. Cut. <laughs>